You are now tuned in to STS Saturday with Project Recover. What is going on, good people? You are now tuned into STS Saturday uh, with DJ, and we also have a special guest tonight. Uh, let me make sure sound is right. Let me hear you talk real quick, bro. Yo, you can hear me? Can yep, hear me? yep, loud and clear. All right, so we are diving into this thing, man. Listen, when I tell you we got some, I mean, we got some deep, dope questions here, man. Uh, so we're going to hop, yeah, we're going to hop into it with our with our special guest, uh, B-Hud underscore, what is it? B hud underscore what? Uh, B hud underscore twenty. B hud underscore twenty. I'll let you introduce yourself in just a second. Uh, for the ones that don't know me by now, my name is DJ. I am the uh, officiator. I am your host. I am the creator of Project Recover, um, a social outreach uh, hell bent on reteaching the art of communication. Uh, so. This podcast here is for the masses. Uh, if you want to, if you want to leave a comment, if you want to put out, put down your own thoughts, if you have your own questions, and you're watching right now on Instagram Live, go ahead, put them down. Uh, if we can get to them, we'll get to them. Uh, to the podcast, if you haven't already, go ahead and follow um, follow my social media project underscore recover that is project underscore r-e-c-o-v-r all right let's get into it all right king you go ahead and let the people know who you are what you do uh the floor is yours now yo man i appreciate it first off man I appreciate you having me on bro for sure but yeah like my name is brian hudson uh went to book of high school man graduated in 2015 uh played basketball at hillsborough community college for two years there man like Left from there, went to Missouri Western, played there, just graduated, uh, got my uh, sign. So now I just uh, signed my first uh, my first contract to play basketball and guitar. So hey. I'm a professional rookie, man. So all blessings, man, for sure, man. All blessings above, yo. So, my God. Yeah, that's a true Yeah, man, true blessings, yo. All right, all right. I'm proud of you, King. Yeah, bro. Appreciate that, man. You already know. All right. All right, so uh, you already know how this go down. You know we get the questions. It's like people send in questions and uh, topics throughout the week, um, and we talk and we go over them. Uh, if, when we have the special guests, we go over it and we and we dive deep. You already know what it is. So you ready to hop into this so, thing? Cause I am. Yeah, I'm, I'm, hey, I'm ready. I'm excited, boy. I've been excited all week. So well, look, it, I'm boy. trying to tell you these questions here, boy. <laughs> gonna have you, gonna have you scratching your head. I'm trying to tell you. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. That's what I like. That's what I like, man. All right. So, okay. uh, once again, to everybody that is watching right now, I need you to do me a big favor. Go ahead and hit that triangle button next to your comment section. Um, hit and send it out to every single name that pops up. By doing that, there's so many people, many more people that that will reach that I can't reach. So, uh, hit that button, send it out to anybody that pops up, and then let's hop back in the live. All right, we getting ready to start. You ready for the first question? Let's get it. Let's go. All right. First question that we got 
was how do we change the narrative of men only speaking to women about relationship advice and begin to speak to our fellow king about the traumas the the traumas we hold on to as men and how to help heal each other that's that's good I, hey, i'm trying well, to look listen all the questions are like this bro yeah, yeah, that's real. I mean, personally for me, but like growing up, man, like I always grew up without. I grew up without a father. I grew up with like a single mom, yo. So the biggest thing for me, yo, like was I tried to trying to find him to be my father, you know, to be like somebody I look up to, you know, mm-hmm. because I was trying to search for that father figure, yeah. you know. Like, granted, you know, like I lost my stepdad when I was in middle school until uh, he was murdered. So you know, that was the last person I really had to step up and be like a father figure to me. And I mean, it was just like, you know, that whole world, I'm like, I'm searching, I'm searching, trying to find a male role model. The whole while, man, like I'm looking back and all the things that my mom, like, you know, we went through together, everything that my mom did for me, like everything that she sacrificed for me to be in a position that I am. Mm. The whole time, you know, I'm realizing she was my role model. Like she was the person that was teaching me how to become a man. She was the person that taught me, you know, like I'm going to have to be the man of the house at an early age. And I feel like that's the one thing that guys have to understand that. A lot of guys who grow up without male role models, without father figures, they try and search for that in coaches. They try and search for that in, in, in friends. They try and search for that in yeah. so many other places that uh-huh. they miss out on the real person that's really like there for them, really there to you know to speak knowledge in them, to, uh, for, into them, and try and help them become the real man that they already envision them to be and see them. So I mean, it's just like for me personally. She taught me all that, yeah. and I feel like the best thing that I can do, and the only thing she told me to do is to always be true to yourself, no matter what happens, no matter what you go through, always stay true to yourself. Mm. And that's the biggest thing that I try and pass on to everybody else, is that no matter what, stay true to yourself. Be honest about things, you know, like, don't don't be scared to be who you truly are. Mm. And like I said, like, growing up, like, what I learned was my mom was my role model, and the biggest influence that my dad had on me was to show me that this is like, that's not how, uh, what a man should be. That's not what I should be to my kids, for my future kids. Yeah. And that's what I want to pass on to, you know, to, to my friends. And that's what I want to pass on to people who are younger than me. Is that, you know, like, be the man that your kids want to be. So that when you treat, when you train a woman like this, like when I'm treating, I'm treating my mom like she's a queen as she is because she's done everything Big that, you know, friend. she's done. And one day, like, you know, I want to, I want to retire her. Like, I want her to live the life that she can. Like, you know, just, mm-hmm. just like relaxing because she, she, she deserves it. Yeah. So I want to implement that into, you know, my relationship to the queen that I have. I want to make sure that, you know, she's going to be mine. Like, I want her to know that, you know, I have her and, and you know, she doesn't have to worry about anything. And that, you know, like, I know I know what it feels like because I see my, how my mom is and how my mom raised up on it. And I have what she went through with my father. And, like, I learned from both sides of the story. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm just going to implement that to my relationship and just helping that, like, you know, helping everybody else to see from that uh, point of perspective. Yeah. I like that. I like that. So for the ones that was asking what the question was uh, that are just coming in, the first question that we got um, to start to kick it off, it was how do we change the narrative of men only speaking to women about relationship advice and begin to speak to our fellow king about the trauma we men hold on to and how to help each other, uh, how to help heal each other. So um, a lot of the times what we see uh plenty of times what we see is is men giving out relationship advice to to the women and everything and granted there are some that have great relationship advice but it pay, the, the what pales in comparison to that is how much that 
us men, we talk to each other about the things that we face, about the traumas that we um, that we have, how to heal from certain things. Um, and so now we need to find how do we how do we change that? How do we switch it over to getting men to speak to men now about, listen, bro, things that we dealt with as kids, things we things we've seen, things we've experienced. Uh, those things shape who we are now. And there's things that need to change. And so now we need to speak to that into each other. And you don't hear that a lot. So how do you think how do you think um, a good way to go about that is to change it from men only speaking to women about relationship advice and, sp- and then changing it over to men talking to men about how to heal? I feel like first thing is first is you have to just look at yourself. Look at yourself as the man that you know you are. If there's things that you carry in celebration of how are you treating your how are you treating your woman, how are you treating your friends, how are you treating this type of female? And then once you do that self-reflect and see how you really are, then you go into and speaking to your friends. Like you, you gotta have you gotta be that one person, that one person in your group that know, like, yeah, he's down to earth, he gonna tell it how it is. Like, you know, even when my friends are slipping up, I'm gonna tell them, like, listen, bro, like you need to tighten up. Cause I expect you if I'm down bad, if I'm not doing the right things, like you're gonna step up, you're gonna say the same thing to me. You feel like we gotta have that realistic thing. If you my if you my real friend, I know you got my back. You gonna tell me when I'm down bad. You gonna tell me when I'm slipping up. That's the same thing. You gotta start it off young. Like that's the one thing. Like you know, when I get old, I want to do. I want to like create like a uh, you know help mentor younger kids. So like when you plant the seed in the kid's mind at an early age, like listen, you know this is how this is how we treat men, women. Yeah. You know the same way you treat your mom. We gotta treat your mom with respect. You know you treat your mom with respect. It's going, you know, it's going to come down to how you treat a woman later on. Mm. And you're doing all this at an early, you know, like once you're doing that at an early stage, it just carries on. It carries on. And doing the same thing with your friends. Like you got to have that real understanding, that real mm. like, you know, like, hey, bro, like this is how it is. You feel like you got a good woman on your side. And I am like, for real, like you got a good woman on your side. You got to treat her like the queen she is. Mm. Otherwise, somebody, you got to be understanding because once you get older, you can lay it out and tell them, like, this is how it is. Like, this is factual. Appreciate when they're that. younger, this is like, you got to just tell them, like, hey, listen, you know, like, this is, we got to teach you, like, how this is going to be. And when you get older and you're making them mistakes, and I say, all right, bro, like, you're slipping up. This is what you need to do to keep this going. You feel yeah. me? I think, I think another way that for us to do it, um, and it's piggybacking off of what you said, was that we need to, we need to be introspective. We need to watch, we need to see ourselves first before we can start healing the next man because there's a lot of men out here who are toxic. There are a lot of men out here who aren't healed from childhood traumas and don't realize that they've gone through trauma. They don't realize how how bad the things that they've experienced and went through affect them as an adult. And so um it's up to us it's up to us conscious men to to create that space to tell men listen you dealing with this yeah that that right there is a that's why you react this way to certain things that's why you think this way that's why we think this way is because we've dealt with certain things that shape how we how we think about ourselves the energy that we place on ourselves so it's like we have to create a safe space for men to understand that we are here to heal each other. We're not here to judge each other. And that's what that's what you see a lot of is that um when you see a when you see another man going through shit, you'll see a you'll see a nigga like judge him off off rip. Like, no, help that man. Like if you if you can identify that what's something wrong that there's something wrong with that dude, that means you know a solution to it. Don't sit there and like 
Don't don't sit there and like brush him off and, and say that he ain't nothing. No, help that man. And so that's what it that's a big problem is that we're afraid to help out the next dude. So um it's all about trying to come up with ways to to change that mindset, you feel me? From from trying to be better than the next man to lifting up the next man. Because in the same breath that you lift him up, you're doing the same thing for yourself. And that's what people don't get. And so um, when it comes to the question of how do we change that narrative, um, I, I think that I think that the women, when they want relationship advice from the men, they'll come to us. I don't think we don't I don't think we need to give out unsolicited <laughs> relationship advice just because just because it sounds good you feel me like but when it but when it comes to men healing men it's gonna take it's gonna take us uh healing ourselves in order to tell somebody how tell somebody else how to heal so what's your thoughts on that i mean like you said like every man goes through different things i mean and there's a lot of there's probably guys out there that's like hey listen like you know it's a it's a, it's a punk type of thing. If you care, like if you care, or you know, it ain't like you ain't a man. If you like, like, but no, you gotta understand that. Like, if you if you, that's something you really care about. You really you need to be you need to be taught that. Like, you need to know that yeah. because, like I said, you could be missing out on something that that can have a huge impact on you. And if you're that person that has the power to impact somebody's life, then if you're not doing that and you have the potential to, then you're wasting your own life, bro. Like, you wasting your own time because, yeah. like, you gotta think about it, like. What you're living for, what you're producing for, for in the future, like you got a whole generation coming up behind you. Bro. If nobody changes that, if nobody helps them kids come up, and nobody helps them, you know, be like the future that we need them to be, then we're gonna be in trouble, like all together. Big facts. Um, so, yeah, that's a that's that's a question that can go. It, it can go so deep um, once we start actually naming the things that uh, the traumas that men hold on to. Uh, there's a there's a there's plenty of things that that us men deal with that we don't really understand as trauma um but like one of the one of the biggest things now um that we see it is is systemic racism um that that's just that's just one thing out of everything that we deal with um i saw a video i mean i've dealt with it personally too but i saw a video of dennis rodman he was on a breakfast club and he was talking about um, he was talking about a, a childhood memory of his, and he ended up, um, I guess he was dating he was dating a white girl, and then there were two white two white guys. He thought everything was cool, like he never saw racism before, and so they pulled him around. One of them had a shotgun. They put it to his mouth and said, "If you ever mess with this white girl again, I'm gonna blow your brains out." And so they they dropped. They dropped him down to the ground. They dropped her down to the ground, saying that they was gonna kill her if they see uh, if they see her messing with another nigga. Like it was, and then to see him talk about it now as an adult and see how much it affected him, and he didn't realize it affected him as much as it was. So that's trauma that we repress. So we have to we have to start finding ways to really get that out there, and. Um, I think the biggest thing, the biggest thing for that is we need to, we need to teach men it's okay to be vulnerable. That's 
that right there is one of the biggest things when it comes to men is that we are afraid to be vulnerable in front of other people. We are afraid to be transparent because of how we'll be judged. We'll be we're, we're afraid that we'll we're, we'll be seen as less of a man. Like I feel I feel that being vulnerable as a man, that's like that's stronger than anything. Like, yeah. I mean, and that's that, that's something you gotta learn too. Cause I mean, even coming up, like, I still had that problem. Like, I was like, you know, like, man, I don't, I don't show emotion. I don't need to show emotion. Emotion makes you weak. See? I mean, that's stuff that you talk. So when you talk that, you like, exactly. man, like, I don't, I don't have no emotion. I don't have no feelings. Like, this what it is. It's but. a taught behavior. <laughs> All right, but yeah. So that was the first question. Uh, that que- uh, to everybody that's watching right now, everybody that's listening, if you have your own input on this, go ahead and drop it down into the comments. Um, I will be creating videos later, um, and uh, what your what the your comment will be able to be seen and everything. So, um, so that question was, how do we change the narrative of men only speaking to women about relationship advice? and begin to speak to our fellow king about the trauma we men hold on to and how to help each other heal. That was the first question. Now we're moving on to the second one. You ready, king? Yeah, man, let's get it. I'm loving them. All right. Why do men think it's okay to play with a woman's emotion by leaving out the relationship to go mess with the side bitch to find out that the grass wasn't greener on the other side and then try to come back? <laughs> boy, I mean, look, I'm, I'm trying to tell I, you these like, questions, boy. For real, I mean, so it's, I'm going to be real, like, it's all about, like, what dudes go through. Like, like I said, it takes sometimes, like, for instance, like, the last relationship I was in, mm-hmm. like, a lot of people in my family was telling me, like, you know, this ain't, you know, this one ain't right for you. Like, mm-hmm. this, you know, she she's not right for you. But they wanted to tell me this after I was with her because I'm so thrilled. I'm so into this girl, bro. It's like, you know, hey, like, I'm, all I'm seeing is just what, what we're doing and everything. Mm-hmm. It took later to when things start building up and things start becoming that, like, okay, like, hey, this is, this ain't right for me. And we end up splitting up. And then everybody started telling me, like, yeah, bro, she wasn't right for you. Uh-huh. And I did start seeing that. I, and I did start seeing that, like, for myself. And, like, way about what my mom told me, she was like, listen, like, what you have to do is you have to learn those mistakes from yourself. Like, if you do, if you do, like, you know, I'm, I'm not going to be the person that comes to you and be like, hey, listen. She ain't right for you. You need to break up with her. Mm. You know the heart was what the heart was what it wants at first. And if you make those mistakes, you know you live with those mistakes. But that's somebody like you really like you know trust for and really think like you you know you connect to it. Mm. You take that journey. You know you take you you taking that for yourself. So you looking you going through it. And I learned like you know it wasn't right for me. And she was right all she was right. After I found out, she told me that she was like, you know, listen, like you need to learn that stuff for yourself. Mm-hmm. Ooh, so man, like, God's gonna make mistake. That mistake, yeah. you losing out on a lot, like back home. And I mean, it's it's a hard situation to be in, and it's just it's just all about what guys go through, though. I mean, it's 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 different ones. Like I don't I don't know. It's it's, it's tough, but it's like, hey, I mean, it just depends on like what type of or what type of thing the guys go through. Yeah. Um, I mean, of course, of course, as we listen to this, uh, as we listen to the question, we can tell it's coming from a hurt place (laughs) in this person. (laughs) We can tell we can tell, but we're going to talk about it. So one more time, the question was, why do why do men think it's basically I'm I'm going to break it down. So 
uh, why do men think it's okay to, um, it, it messes with a woman's emotions. Why do we think it's okay to uh, leave the relationship, go mess with a side piece, and when we realize that they're not the same as our, as our main, that we try to come back after we've already hurt her. So when it comes to this, this is all, I feel that this is coming from a man who doesn't really know what he wants yet. And a man who doesn't know what he wants doesn't need to be in a relationship, point blank, period. Um, when you when you are sitting there and you're trying to find what works for you and you end up getting into a committed relationship with somebody, or at least the other party thinks that it's a committed relationship, this is where we have the issue. Um, men, we need to, we need to take out that time to understand what is it that we want in a woman? What is it that we want out of a relationship? Um, and this is speaking and this is speaking to the guys that want to date a woman. That's this is what this or only speaking on that. So uh to men that men that are looking to get into relationships, know what you know what you want before you get into it. Because when you do, um if you do it uh prematurely, what you're gonna see is later down the line, three months down the line, six months a year down the line, you'll find your eyes looking somewhere else because you never really understood what you what you really wanted yourself. So now so now here come Becky coming down the street looking good. Um and now it's catching your eye and now now you're putting yourself in a position where it's like, mm, she got something I want too. Uh when you could have when that could have been uh that that could have been mitigated from the jump. Um from the jump before you hopped in the first relationship, you could have said, "All right, this is what I want in a woman. This is what I'm. This is what I'm willing to give to a relationship. So, by out out of that, this is what I'm looking for in my woman. This is what I want. So, once you find that woman, you'll you'll notice that I don't even need to look anywhere else. I found what I want. I got everything I need right here. So there wouldn't there wouldn't be a need for having a side bitch. You feel me? Like." I really, I really feel that term in itself is dumb. Like main bitch, side bitch. That just, that's just is stupid to me. Like, no, you just if if you going if you gonna play the field, then don't then say that off jump that I'm not looking to be in a relationship. I'm looking to mess around. If that's what you own, that's what you own. If not, then we can't rock. At least, at least there, you know what you want. You know that you're not ready for a relationship. You know you just wanna you just wanna fuck around. It. That's okay, but. It comes with it comes with us telling the truth off the jump instead of trying to play like I don't know why I don't know where we got that from that that's the cool thing to do to to like not be truthful but if you I swear if you truthful from the jump that it'll take you so much further than than anything else so mm. I mean, that's what it's all about you got you got to be honest about everything like I, and like person that when you looking for the right one when you find the right one nothing like sex don't matter like the the the, the showing her off as a trophy though it, it's just all about that feeling of like dang but i just found my best friend i just found somebody that i really care for really care about me i support them they support about me like like when you really find that one person right it's like 
you don't see nothing. All you see is her. No, no other woman passed by you. Like, it's nothing. And that's how you know, like, you really into that. You really into that person, and you ready to settle down. You gotta be honest with yourself and be honest with that person and tell them, like, listen, right, like, that's it. That's it right there. This, that's the this key. This is what I, it's all about communication, bro. Like, you gotta tell them, like, listen, this is what I want. Like, at least, like, if you tell them, like, hey, like, listen, I just low key just trying to mess around. I ain't trying to get no relationship right now. I've been through enough. Boom, like, you know, how are we gonna go through it? You know, it might be something that might be mutual. It might be something like, ah, uh, no, nah, I'm not looking for it. But at least you have your answer. At least both of y'all are not gonna be like stuck and in the world. And on top of that, on top of that, I, I, I bet you, hundred percent, hands down. They will. Re- that woman will respect you more than if you lie to her. Oh yeah, cause, cause like I said, more like if you talking to her, but she ain't looking for no boy, bro. Boys lie, boys don't tell the truth. Like she looking for a man. Like we older, bro. Like I'm twenty two, but like you feel me? Like I had like a real mature mindset. Like I'm not no little. I'm not gonna be no little boy thing and lie to you. Be like, hey, you know, I'm trying to talk to you. I'm trying to get with you and all the time. Like you know, it's just low key trying to mess around with you. No, exactly. like you know, if I'm looking for a friend, I'm gonna tell you. Listen, like. I'm I'm not looking for a relationship right now. You know, if something's going into it, I'm not gonna force and be like, "Hey, listen, like you know, I, I really like it. I'm trying to um, but let things vibe out and see how it goes. You know, let's be friends at first. Let's vibe and see how it goes. I might find you as a we might end up being real cool, close friends for a long time, or we might just end up being close friends that turn into something more serious. Exactly. But you just gotta let it happen. Let let it flow. And it take it, it takes a lot of self awareness, and that's what yeah that that that's something that's lacking too. Because it takes yeah. maturity and self-awareness to realize that uh, even if I decide that, yeah, I may want to I may want to try a relationship with you um, and you try it out and you see that it's not that. But you understand that you understand that there's a connection there. Then if you're mature enough mentally, you'll understand, OK, it's not meant to be an intimate relationship. We probably just supposed to be kicking it real cool people yeah that's the part of the connection yeah. up but it takes maturity to understand the difference and that's why I like and not to get on that this topic but when people say that men and women can't be mutual can't be uh platonic friends no no yeah. it takes maturity to do that it it can't it's yeah. it's definitely possible like my best friend my best friend is um is a is a is one of my best friends is a female um and me and her we can we can chill but we can chill no for I don't know how long. But at the end of the day we know that it's a it's a friendship type of connection. It's not an intimate relationship. You feel me? So it just takes it, it takes you your mental, your self awareness. Um it takes you not lying to to um how we was talking about to realize to realize when a woman is good to realize when you need a relationship or when you or if not if you're gonna just play the field so yeah but um the big thing right there is not lying like dudes have a hard time lying dudes have a hard time telling the truth you know like yeah, I message everything off all like off rip like like truthfully like i have i have a few a uh, few female friends that like are legit like my sisters and i'm mm. not sisters like oh might be messing around they might yeah. have this no like, like legit sisters but as you were saying <laughs> Yeah, man. So, I mean, like I said, it's just all about that mature mindset, that just, just feeling of, you know, if it's something that, you know, it's a real true friend, like like I said, you might miss out trying to chase a girl, trying to get, you know, get with her or try to just mess around with it. And you might miss out a real true friend, like somebody real that girl. really could be a lifelong friend for you. For real. So, I mean, like, yeah, it's all about that mature mindset. Yeah. So, 
Uh, that question was, why do men think it's okay to play with a woman's emotions by leaving out by leaving out the relationship to go mess with a side piece to find out that the grass wasn't greener and try and always try to come back. Um, and so what we would um, so this is these are the things that we were talking about. It it comes down to self-awareness. It comes down to us telling the truth and being straight up from the jump on, on what we're looking for. And it, and as you can see, it goes back into that transparency. We gotta we gotta be open and say, all right, no, this is what I'm, this is what I want. Instead of trying to lie to what, to get what we want, just be straight up. So, um, do you? Matter of fact, before we move on, uh, do you have any questions or any topics that you would like to talk about? I don't know. We kind of hitting them all on the head right now. Like I'm liking all these questions. Um, I might, I might have to think of something like while we while we go because this like everyone we've been talking about are good ones. I know, but we gonna hit we gonna hit up this next one, and I really like this one. It's gonna it's it's kind of shifting gears, but I like the I like the deepness of it. Question is, can hip hop artists change the trajectory of underserved communities through their music? <laughs> I tell look, I try to tell you these questions, boy. These questions is deep today. I'm gonna read it one more time for the audience. I'm gonna read it one more time. Can hip hop artists nowadays can they change the trajectory of underserved communities through their music? I feel like they can. Like the hardest thing about that is when you become a musician, you know, you you already like serve, you already have like a certain field of, uh, of like people who like really like vibe with your music mm -hmm. i personally with me like when i was coming up i really vibed with people who like talked about them coming out of the struggle like them coming off of like being in hard times and getting into like where they were at and then just them just coming up from there the hardest thing about that is like it's hard rapping about that all the time mm -hmm. because then like everybody's gonna jump in and be like, oh you know he rapping about the same old stuff same old thing mm -hmm. the easiest thing i feel about that is I love rappers like you take a look at Nipsey Hussle. Mm -hmm. Like you take a look at all these all these people who rapped about the struggle and rapped about all the things with them coming up. And then and then you look at them and like what they do for their community and everything that they're doing, you know, for, for the younger generation and how they're giving back and things like that. Like I feel like people take hip hop too seriously and think of it as oh what they doing in the music videos, that's their real life. Mm -hmm. Like, and I know, like, I understand, like, that's how it's projected, but you gotta understand, like, you gotta look at their real life. Look at what they're, what they're doing for their community. Look at what, who they're donating to. Look at the charities that they support, like, all this type of things. Because, I mean, if you too focus into their music and you just have that, that, you don't have that third eye of really, like, understanding and vibing to what they're saying, then yeah, you're gonna be stuck to, oh yeah, they, they just, they live that life of just, having females messing around going to clubs buying bottles like all that type of stuff and you mm -hmm. miss out on like you know some of the real stuff that they're trying to say okay so we got we got people that's saying yeah we got somebody that's saying no when it comes with for me um i don't know i'm in i'm in between because the way the question is is can hip-hop artists and, and i'm guessing they're talking about now can hip can current hip-hop artists uh, change the trajectory of underserved communities through music. I'm on the fence. I'm on the fence because 
because of, because you got to look at the artists that we have nowadays. We're, we're, it's such a mix between conscious rappers and and mainstream rappers. It's such a it's like a almost even mix, but what's put out so much more is the mainstream. And the mainstream artists right now, I don't feel that there's anything that they can say that can back up what they're trying to do. If if Lil Yachty came out and said that he's trying to do stuff for the uh, that he's trying to do stuff for the hood, you know, elevate the hood, do these things and does does an education type program and does like I don't think it'll be respected or, or like taken because of like like dude listen to your music what are you talking about so and then and then on the flip side you got your conscious rappers you got um you got bj the chicago kid you got um of course we are of course we already know about j cole we already know about um we already know about kendrick lamar the we we talking about those type of artists the it'll be received more from them you feel me so like i'm on the fence when it comes to that like I don't know if artists nowadays can change that trajectory, but um, I, just, I feel like and another way is is they scared of like the artists that they might lose just because they going a different route too. Like you feel me? Like they so they they got this this group of you know this this type of audience for them for the longest, and they've been rapping about this for the longest. That uh, I don't know if I might switch up my style, and start talking about this, I might lose it, or you know I might get a a different you know just something. This it, I mean it's. I feel like it's just you having to be in that music industry to really understand that, like to to get like how that feels and things like that. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Somebody put. Hold on. Let me see if I can go back. Dang, it won't let me go back. All right. So she said, "Look, look how much influence they have on our generation already, though." whether it's negative or positive. So if they change their way of thinking through music, it's possible. That's plausible. That's plausible. But I don't know because I'm I'm, like, I'm saying I still don't know because even if they change that, their audience have gotten so used to what they rap about that. I don't think they're going to go for that anymore. I think they're going to, like he said, I think they're going to lose their fans if they do that. Because they've already put out, they've already started out on the mainstream side, and now to change it so abruptly, I don't know. Maybe if they start sliding stuff in there, and then starting to make people think, then maybe eventually. But I don't know. That's a that's a tough question though. Uh, like I said, I mean, if you just that rapper that just is flexible, like if you come off the gate talking about the struggle and then sometimes you throw in that, hey, I'm doing this, I'm doing that, yeah. I'm popping off. Then you throw in that, hey, you know, like I give that, you know, things like that. I mean, you just have to be that real flexible rapper mm-hmm. that's able to like relate to everything and, and like able to like put that into your own music. But if you just that rapper that as soon as you came out the gate, all you rapping about is hoes. All you rapping about is spending money. All you rapping about is going to the club. And yeah, that's the crowd you're going to attract. Like, them the people that's going to want to buy your music. You feel me? Like, yeah. but if you rap about everything, if people get like that aspect of, like, see that, that, that point of your life of everything, like, everything that you can possibly be doing, mm-hmm. then yeah, you're going to attract a different, you know, a whole group of different audiences and stuff. Uh, 
She talking about fuck them fans. <laughs> um, but no, nah, like for me, um, and like I'm I'm getting better at not getting emotional about it. But Nipsey Nipsey Hustle was um not not my favorite rapper, but he was my biggest influence, and he's the reason why I move the way I move. Um, so listening to his music. He's a prime example of how you can mix both. Because on one hand, he was telling you, I, I can get the women if I need to. I can I can get all these changes if I, change if I need it. I, I can roll up in these cars and I can I can be styled out, whatever. But then in the same breath, he can tell you what the streets is like. He can tell you how to he can tell you how to run a business. He can tell you all this stuff and do it in the music. You feel me? So it's like so like that would be an example of how we can pull how, how you can like you can do both and like pull them to really start reaching at that underserved communities. And when we talk about underserved, we're not just talking about the black hood. We're talking about all projects. We we talking about um, we talking about the white community. We talking about the Latin community, Asian community, all all communities that are underserved. That's what we're talking about. And so are there any artists now that can do that? I don't see it, but I'm not saying that it's not possible. It's just going to take a minute. A lot. It's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to take a lot. That's a big thing. It's going to take, and like I said, some of those rappers that are already up there, it might have to take them to have to find a new, a different audience or let them to lose a little bit of their audience for them to finally see the bigger picture. Because they, if they the top, like they at the top and they won the best, then they fans gonna come back. Nobody's just gonna drop in and be like, "Oh, I ain't messing with him no more." Yeah. They fans gonna come back because once they see the movement you're trying to do and mm-hmm. what you're trying to say in your words, because I respect the rapper who've been through the worst. I've like, been through the games, been through all that stuff, and then when he at the top of his career, now he rapping about, "Look, I like, ain't the way to go." Like now I'm doing this, now I'm doing that, like because now I'm understanding. It's like okay, like you know, that's how your life was, but look how you're doing now. Mm-hmm. Like you gonna get that back. It's just all about, like I said, being flexible and just you know, speaking out of different ways. I think, and I, and I agree with you on that. I think, um, I think the artists nowadays, um, I think what they can do is it's all coming back. It's all coming back to, to transparency. Everything that we talking about is coming back to transparency and vulnerability. I think it comes down to, I think if the artists nowadays say, go to their specific fans and say, listen, the stuff I've been rapping about before, that ain't nothing. This is the these are things that we dealing with. This is this. I think their fans will respect them more, and then they'll start catching that catching that vibe, and then you go from there. They have that pull. You have that. Um, you have that influence now. You've caught them with you. You caught them with the mainstream stuff. Now that I got you, all right. Let me go ahead and give you the real message. I think if I, I think if those I think if the the music artists now catch that and start doing that. I really think when it comes to this uh, to this question, I really do believe that they can ch- make a change. Um, but as far as right now, I don't see I don't see any mainstream artists doing that right now. Yeah, yeah, that's like I said, that's tough. But I I, I feel like it's gonna it's gonna take some time for the next one or for anybody to change. It's gonna take for that person to be at the top or to finally get hit and be like, you know what? I ain't worried about the fans. I ain't worried about the money. I ain't worried about the fame. Like I need to let be known like what's really going on like like the one person that i know has been doing that and has changed his style of doing that was bob like he talks about yes, the government he talked yes. about yeah 
Like, he talk about the government. He talk about giving back this, you know, like, he talks about all that stuff. And he even said, like, you know, like, he feared that the government come after him about things like that. But he's already let that platform be known and be like, all right, yeah, I might spit some, some like, stuff about, you know, what I might do or how mm-hmm. my life might be. But I'm going to let y'all know what's going on. Like, you know, how I really feel. Like, I'm going to let y'all see my third eye. Mm, I like that. Um, Neek said, uh, Kodak last album was, in my opinion, a more trans, uh, transitional, conscious, mature aspect of himself. Now, to that, I can't, I can't say because well, once again, Nip, Nipsey Hussle was, was my biggest influence. So I don't fuck with Kodak because of that shit that he pulled. So I don't listen to his stuff. So I, I, I don't have. I don't have an opinion on this matter. I don't listen to his stuff no more. But off of what she said, what do you feel? Do you listen to Kodak like that or heard his last album? I listen to him a little bit. And I do feel like through what Kodak been through ever since he's been out of jail, you know, like his his style has changed, you know, a little bit of what he's been saying is changing. And, and I do feel like, you know, his he, he is talking about how, how his life is. And he is talking about, you know, his vision of what, you know, he wants how how he sees things in the future for him and, and and everything, like how he wants to take his rap career. And I feel like he's taking his rap career into like trying to let it be known, like he ain't hiding nothing no more. Like he want to talk the truth, but you gotta be consistent with that. That's how it is because you can't be that rapper if you know you gonna hit downfalls. That's how your album is, and people ain't reacting to it, and you telling the truth. Then usually what happens is rappers be like, oh shit, well, they ain't listen to the truth. So let me go back to the shit I've been saying. Like yeah, you can't dip, you can't dip your toe. You gotta be consistent with it. Yeah, so if that's how you feel it, then say that. You know, like, keep speaking your mind. Because, like I said, your eyes going to come back. Like, if you that, if you that rapper, your eyes going to come back no matter what. And then, and then on top of that, I really think that if you decide to, if you decide to change your message abruptly, like, um, like how you're saying Kodak is, um, even if he did lose his, lose his current fans, what's going to happen is the conscious rappers, they're going to be like, damn, little bro finally got it. And they're going to pull you on as a feature to, to their stuff. So then their fans get to see you. And then now you have a fan base all on that side, all on the conscious side to back you up. Even even if you may have taken that little L in your in your fans from before, you've now gained this many people off of one feature. Now that's just like I said, that's just one feature. Now imagine if Kendrick gets you on the get you on the album. Let me Bob get you on his album. Like it just gets better from better and better from there. So like I said, I don't fuck with Kodak like that. But but if we if we talking in that spectrum then yeah i think i think then yeah maybe maybe they can change it so um ooh yeah, like i said that's that's just tough all right so uh really quick as an interjection listen to everybody that is watching this that has tuned in that is tuning in i appreciate you uh, this is Project Recover, um, which is uh, which is all about um, reteaching auto communication. Uh, this podcast is called uh, Shoot the Shit STS, and it's um, it's all about uh, promoting healthy conversation, um, learning new perspectives, uh, and bringing enlightenment to a lot of different topics and and everything. So. This this podcast is is for open minded people. Um, we want people to know that you're not being judged by however you think, 
whatever you do, any of that, because we want people to live in their 100 percent truth. And by doing that, you can tell others to live in a 100 percent truth. So that's what this is about. My name is DJ. So if y'all ever y'all need to hit me up, DJ. All right. You ready for you ready for this next one? Now this one this one is more and this one is this one is in my category because of how much I do, but I don't know I don't know your mind behind it. So you ready for this? Yeah, yeah, let's go. Like we on it. Let's get it. All right. Next question was, and we got 15 minutes until the first. Hold on, I think it's 15. Ooh, no, we got 10 minutes until the until we got to come back in. What does it take to grow and protect a brand? Uh, okay, so I feel like the first thing about that is no matter what, like I said, you're young, you're gonna go through you gonna go through the challenges of trying to, to come up with your brand. Your brand might not be that one that off rip like slams into it and becomes the biggest thing being known, you feel me? So I feel like the biggest thing with that is you saw that vision before anybody, you saw what you want to build before anybody. So you have to stick with that through the ups and the downs. If you in a like, like for me, like for right now, I'm 22 years old. If I want to start that brand, I have to understand I'm young enough to be able to make mistakes. I'm young enough to be able to to take risks mm-hmm. because I'll be able to recover from that. I'll be able to build up from that. And I already see what I'm trying to do. So it's just about staying with that. If I stay with that and I keep with my brand, then who knows? It might be one of the biggest things out. It might be something that the community might get around. It might be something that I might be able to, to branch out into other states, other cities and things mm-hmm. like that. But if you if you if you throw in the towel as soon as you go through one little thing of adversity, then how are you ever gonna know what your brand could have been? So you have to have that mindset. That you can't lose focus because you might you might give up on something that could have been a a million dollar dream. That's true. That's true. Man. Yeah. Um. So I let you answer first because me, if I answer, I'm going I'm going in. Cause, bro, I'm cause you know, look, I I'm an entrepreneur at the end of the day, so all I know how to do is move. All right, so when it the question was, what does it take to grow and protect a brand? So I'm gonna focus on the grow first. What it takes to grow a brand is you have to know what your brand is. There are too many people out here going into businesses and don't really understand what a brand is, what they're trying to do. They just see everybody else doing it. So they hop on the bandwagon and uh, they hear that the word they hear the word entrepreneur so much now. It's so glorified. So let me do this and call myself an entrepreneur. No, that is not how you grow a brand. You grow a brand up here. A brand starts up here. So. When it comes to growing it, you have to it's, it's going to take iron will and discipline. It's going to take resilience because what's going to happen is uh, from the first from the first part of it, from when you first get into it, man, look, when I tell you, you're going to scrape your knees, you're going to bust your head, you're going to you're going to break some bones. Listen, it is not easy to grow a brand. And so and so what I would tell people is if you are if you want to grow a brand, you need to grow your resilience, you need to grow an iron will, 
You need to grow tough skin, all of that. Because, listen, man, I'm trying to tell you. Um, I know everybody do, don't agree with him on everything. Uh, Steve Harvey said it best. Um, is that when you it, you have to take your jump at some point, and when you take your when you take your jump, your parachute ain't gonna open right away. And that's what that's what keeps people afraid is that they like, damn, my, my parachute ain't going to open, so ain't no need to jump. He said, that's cool. You can sit there and not jump, but you're going to be stuck on that cliff watching everybody else parachute open. Yes, you're going to hit some rocks on the side. Yes, you're going to break some bones, but eventually your parachute going to open. You're going to heal. And then next thing you know, you soaring while everybody gets to watch you soar. And so. That's why I'm saying it. It just you have to have resilience. You have to have that iron will and that discipline. When I tell you discipline is one of the biggest things to grow in a brand, because it is. Whew, I ain't gonna give all the keys. I ain't gonna give all the keys, but um, growing a brand, you have to put yourself out there. Me, I'm int- I'm 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 what you call a. Uh, um, what is it called? God dang it! Introspective. No, not introspective. Um, when you're outgoing, what is that called? I'm, uh, I, I'm trying, trying it's. Uh, oh, I'm an introvert. I, I, I'm an introvert. Okay. Introvert, extrovert. So me, I'm an introvert yeah, yeah. all day long. I need, I need to be by myself to recharge, to do all these things. I don't like to go out. I don't like to. I don't like big crowds. I don't like none of that. But I'm trying to go a brand. So at the end of the day, I need to step outside of myself and go and go talk to these crowds. Go like I did, like I did before. Go in the mall and hit up random people and say, hey, have you heard about such and such? such, such? No, nah, right, let me talk to you real quick. Like that right there scares the hell out of me. But I have to step out of myself in order to grow myself. You feel me? So um, when it comes to growing a brand, you have to step out of your comfortability. You are not going to be comfortable while growing a brand. I'm going to let you know that right now. You're going to have to do a lot of things that um, that make you uneasy, but it's necessary. So um, promoting yourself, um, you have to do that through word of mouth. You have to do that. Uh, through written you have to do it through audio you have to do it through visual so as you can see i got the visual going you see i put everything down in audio i got the podcast going you know i um get it written down putting up posts um te- well technically i'm not i'm not even working hard enough people people say damn man you always working you you ain't never i'm not working hard enough because technically i'm supposed to be putting off the five I think five social uh, social media accounts I have. I'm at least supposed to be putting out 75 pieces of content daily. Daily. So when it comes to when it comes to growing that brand, you have to put yourself out there. Um, as far as protecting your brand, you cannot tell everybody your moves. Oh my goodness! If I Oh, hey, that's the, <laughs> yeah. that's the mistake you make right there, boy. Oh, if you I gotta can, move in silence. And let and 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 I see it all the time. People talking about, 
um, oh, I'm, oh, I'm moving. Y'all gonna see it when you see it. Nigga, you not moving in silence. You still talking about it.
I got to, you know, I got to recoup. I got to do this. I got to do that. Like, you know, I ain't do it right. Mm. Then it throws them off. Or that if they go off and they throw out some ideas to people and they're like, nah, this isn't something I don't want to do. And it shuts them out. Like, people who aren't used to taking rejections, mm. like, they just shut That's up. Like, you have to That's understand big. that it's okay to fail. Like, you're going to fail. It's not going to come off the ground on time. You feel like you do that, as long as you, you're failing the right way, just don't fail backwards. And you have to be able to take and accept everything that you're doing. People aren't going to say, hey, yeah, like, come on, I want you to join this multi-million dollar business with me. It's not going to happen off the ground. You have to be okay with the process. You have to be okay with everything that comes along with it. Ooh. And you're going to run into somebody who's going to give you that opportunity. Ooh, boy like, it. it just comes off like that. One boy said <laughs> it, boy. You have no idea how happy I am that you said it. You have to fall yep. in love with the process. Yeah, exactly. I'm telling oh, you, like, that's the biggest thing. That's the biggest thing. Like you have to be okay with everything that goes on. You have to live with every every decision you make, every mistake you make. As long as you, like I said, continue. Like you're okay to fail. As long as you fail forward, as long as you move on from that, as long as you learn from the lesson that you made in the past and move on to preventing that. You're doing the right thing. You just have to keep on going and don't give up on yourself and don't doubt yourself because it's gonna come. You just have to stay focused and keep moving forward. And so let's let's put it let's put it in perspective for some people who still don't get it. Let's put it in your world. When you were, you said you're 22 now. Let's just go back 10 years because it's a good number to use. Let's go back 10 years. You're 12 years old. You're still learning the game. You had to fall in love with the process of learning the game rather than when you actually played the game. Because if you didn't love the process, if you didn't love practice, if you didn't love all those reps, putting up those shots, if you didn't love that, would you be would you have the same game that you do now? Nah, I'm not like. I had to be like it was times where I wasn't as good as I am not like at, at, at all. I looked at players that I looked up to, and I was like, "Man, I want to be as good as that, like that guy." Like I just want, I just have to stay who I am. Like I want to achieve that. Like I want to do that. So I was like, "Man, like every day, like if I put in the work, like I can be that good. I can be better than that person. Like I want to be the best that I can be. Period." So I'm. It was a challenge to myself. Like I want to see how the, how I can be, what kind of player I can be. Like and this, like I shot myself and I scared myself how hard I was, how hard I'm working. Like waking up five a.m. before before school, going to working out, like staying up till four o'clock in the morning, like mm-hmm. sending stuff off to schools mm-hmm. and still waking up six o'clock in the morning to go to train and work out. Like it, it 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 like once you get into it. It's something that you love and you'll die for it. Like, you wouldn't want to do nothing else. But, like, I love the grind. I love the pain it comes with. I love the hard work that I have to put in. I love everything that comes along with it because I'm putting myself through something that I know is going to make me, it's going gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna to make me move mountains in the future. And yeah. nothing, like, and it's it's something that I put all into it. it it's me. Like, it, all of it depends. It's, like, mine. Like, my dedication, my focus on it. And so do you think that, do you feel, do you feel that, you love the process more than you love just playing playing in the actual game. Uh, I mean, there's no better than there's no better feeling than playing the actual game. But so I'm be real. Like when we would talk about emotions and all that stuff, mm-hmm. I was that type of person. I don't show emotions. Like I don't show emotions when I play in the game. I don't show emotions. Like the last, like I, I told, like I was telling the story to like this group of kids. I was talking. To, the last time I cried was when I was in sixth grade and my godmother died. Mm. 
ever since then, like, I've never been able to cry. Mm. The way that I show emotions, the way that I cry is when I'm in an open gym, when I'm on a court, when I'm in a uh, weight room by myself and I'm grinding it out. Like, that's why I cry. That's my sanctuary. Like, yeah. that's my peace of mind. Like, that's the one space that I can then to myself. With with loving that and putting all my into that, it's just me. Like, it's just me that I push myself. Like, there's nobody else to tell me, hey, keep going, keep going. I had to push. Like, before I had trainers, I was my only trainer. Before I had coaches, I was my only coach. Before I was able to go into a, before I was able to go into a gym, bro, I was right next door to my house playing on the outside court, like, practicing out there before anybody gave me a chance. Like, I had to push myself to make yourself a chance. I had to believe in myself before anybody else would. So I love the grind because, like, it showed me, like, how much I believed in myself from the start. Even when I knew, like, I wasn't the best player on the team or the best player in the city or the best player, whatever. Like, I believed in myself that I could be as long as I put in the work for it. True. True. So, one, one, I commend you on that, King, because that's what it takes. That's what it takes to be an athlete. That's what it takes to be a great man. Um, Appreciate that. uh, But, yeah. It, when it comes down to it, you y'all have you have to fall in love with the process. Um, Cause I still I still remember I still remember to this day I'm a football player, so how you were talking about when you get in the when you get in the weight room and you get get on the court and you feel at home you feel at peace. That's me at the at a fifty yard line. It, I don't care if it's a I don't care if it's a little backyard type field or if I go out and play on on a stadium. It don't matter, like. The moment I hit a 50-yard line and I just sit there, I'm at home. I'm at peace. I get that's where I can meditate. You feel me? So like I always tell, I always used to tell people, listen, if y'all ever can't find me, just go look for football fields in the area. <laughs> y'all, that's that, that's where I'll be. But um, like, but it 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 does come down to that. Like you have to fall in love with the process. Uh, but like I was saying, I still remember. Um, I still remember cutting out the bottom of uh, of the crates, the milk cartons, and making the basketball goal out of that. Popping it up on the um, popping it up on the street sign, on the street post, on that wheel oh, post. Man. Yeah, I remember that. And it used to get the whole hood. Nah, let's go play some ball. What's up? You trying? You trying to get cooked? What's up? Oh, we ain't got no hoop. Yeah, we do. Listen. <laughs> No backboard, just straight, just straight box rim. You feel me? So like, right. I like I understand. I know where you coming that from on the. You find the game in the first place. Eggs, boy, look. Yeah. So, um, but nah, I really, I, I, I'm with you on that. Like I said, I do commend you on that. Um, so the question was, what does it take to grow and protect a brand? To grow that brand, you have to have resilience. You have to have an iron will. You have to have discipline. There, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. Um, and as uh, Biha said, you have to, um, you have to fall in love with the process. You have to. There's no, there's no way around it. And when it comes to protecting the brand, just shut up. That's that's all it is to it. When it comes to protecting your brand. On the business side, of course, get your get your copyrights, get your trademarks, get your get be registered, do all of that, get your EIN numbers, all of those things. But that stuff you can that that stuff you can uh you can search. The things you can't search is is falling in love with the process. The things you can't search is being resilient. Um, like like he also said, and um, 
Tatiana just reminded us, be okay with rejection. Um, oh, I did want to talk on. I did want to talk on this because you did say something about um, about how to t- uh, learning that you're gonna lose at some point. The way I the way I tell people is the only way that you lose in this life, no matter what you decide to do, is if you give up. Exactly. Because there's there's no such thing as loss if you leverage it. That is the biggest thing that I always stick, I always have in my mind. Um, there's been people that have dealt with, with hard things, and I tell them, I said, listen, it, it wasn't a loss. Leverage it. Look at it from another angle. How can I make? How can I? How can I make this work for me? Okay, damn man, I done, I done made this investment in such and such, and now. That went out the window, so now that's money lost on my behalf. Damn, I lost right there. No, you didn't. You just learned. You just learned. One, you just learned about a business. Two, you just learned about how to invest. Three, you just. Three, you done got a little bit more business savvy. You know how to talk now. You know all these things. You have to look at it from another angle, and that's what people don't realize. People get so caught up on, on the on the downside of it, that they get so caught up on the negative side of it that they don't want to see the um the positive they don't want to see the other angle um and a lot of times people get people get addicted to that and they don't realize it they get addicted to that um that down feeling and so that's why they'll never move um can't i can't hang around people like that because i used to be that person and the, and the tough thing about that is we're like a lot of negativity come from a lot of like social media too like yeah. i have to personally like i have i have to do like a social social media cleansing like when i go on a month without social media yeah. a week whatever like to whatever get my mind back right like because there's so much negativity there's so much stuff that people put on there that even though it doesn't resemble to you you're looking at it like oh like you're looking at this dude's success you're looking it, at all oh, this drama that's going on with, it starts to fuck with your energy bro it starts to mess with your vibrations yeah. and you don't really and you don't realize it yeah, and it puts you in a hard spot. It puts you in a hard spot, and then all of a sudden you wonder, like, "Hey, why am I feeling bad?" Like, I feel like talk, everything's talk good right shit. now. But talk your shit, bro. I'm telling you, bro. Like, it's it's, it's it's a lot more. Like, the mind is a powerful thing, bro. Like, people Boy, have to understand look. that. Like, what you take in, what you visualize, that's what you feed in your mind. And that's that's why I hate. That's why I, I boy, listen. If I could go without having Facebook, boy, I would not have Facebook yeah. at all, boy. Cause when I tell yeah, you that bro. that one has the most negativity I've ever seen on a social media site, more than Instagram, oh, com- and I mean combined, uh, Instagram, yeah. Snapchat, all of them yeah. combined. Yeah. Facebook got them beat hands down on the negativity that I see. Oh my! Like God, I man. don't even I don't even bother posting nothing on on Facebook. No, but like only time I do is if I'm sharing like like. Achievements of basketball, or something like look, that, or, or something I have with my family, because I got family and coaches on that. Look, I keep straight, that, I keep straight business on that, boy. Yeah, for I, sure. put, I put my for stuff, sure. I put my stuff out, and then I'm out. Like I'm off of it. I'm off of it. I don't even bother clicking on the app no more. Bro, people be like, "Oh, you don't, me- oh, you don't text back. Oh, you don't message back." Nah, I just don't be on here. Period. Yeah, I don't for be real. on here. Right. I didn't hear the apps for myself at all. Like I put them like deep in my phone where it's like I gotta legit try to try and go find them just to get on it. And like I did that, so I was like, bro, I'm not working to get on that app no more. It's, it's a wrap. 
<laughs> she talking about I'll go back to email. <laughs> Shoot, I'll go back to email. I'll, listen, if I can use email over Facebook, I'll do that any day, boy. <laughs> for real, for real. That, that's what I need Facebook, to create. Uh, that's what I need to create, the new email. Because email see. died off. Hey, I, need, I, already, I need to pull that back. That's already another one. It is? That's already something else. Oh, look at you. <laughs> All right, put me up on game, young kid. Young blood, put me up on game. I'll tell you, hey, that that could be something new because I don't know. Like, I just feel like that could be another way, bro, of just creating something like that, like social media wise, where it's like, you know, it ain't so much negativity and so much like you don't got to worry about people, you know, like mistreating sometimes ways of seeing all so much negative stuff. Like, you got, I don't know. It's just if somebody finds a way to like make a social media of positive things like I mean I feel like that'll, that'll be a huge impact see, especially can, on this generation I can see it coming uh, London talking yeah. about London talking about or letters man look niggas, uh, niggas ain't niggas ain't taking out the time to write no more no, don't nobody want to write no more I mean I mean but hey but think about it though think about it. you get a letter in the mail think about how that make you feel it make you feel important like dang really somebody took out the time to write something to me like, what if I spell? Like, I get a letter four days later, and that nigga hate. You send me a letter, hate. I'm a little bit. Oh, <laughs> oh man. Like, okay, that's what's wrong. But um, but yeah. So going back to it, going back to the subject. What it, what does it take to grow and protect the brand? That's what it takes. Um, don't be afraid of failure. You, you failure is going to. Uh, propel you towards your success. It's gonna. It, it's only stepping stones towards your success, and that's what people don't like to see. So, um, oh, <laughs> you ready for the next? Bro, I'm trying to. Okay, it's the last question. It's the last question that we got in that that came in in time. Why is it that? Gender and sexuality can be on such a wide spectrum, but we demand people to check a box when it comes to race. Is that not just as diverse? Mm. <laughs> hey, we all night on this Bruh, one, boy. Look, when I told you these questions was deep, boy, these questions was deep. I'm going to read it one more time for the audience. I'm going to read it one more time for y'all. Why is it that gender and sexuality can be on such a wide spectrum, but we demand people to check a box when it comes to race? Is that not just as diverse? Uh, I just feel like it is how you take it. So one thing that is hard, because when you talk about gender and sexuality, you have to legit watch everything you say because you scared to like push somebody buttons wrong. So you like, oh, like, I, I don't know if I can say this. I don't know if I can say that because... Then I might have the whole LGBT, you know, community after me or whatever. Like, you know, so it's like you, you, everybody has to watch what they say around that. But the one thing about how it is now is that, and, and like, you know, like I granted, like the one, like I, the president, like, you know, Trump done, done did is it's like people now just come like they're not scared to say what, like, say what, how they feel about their race. Like, say how they feel about the situation. Mm-hmm. And it's a bad thing. Facebook, for example, you go on Facebook. You put, you look up any situation of racial matters. You see people's true colors come out. Yep. But if you post something about, you know, like you see things about like lesbian marriages or things like that, anything like that. I mean, 
you oh that's so great you know you'll see more positive things if anything and that's just because I you know people people don't want to jump on that too many toes like you have to have that same the same amount of people who supporting that LGBT like like how we had the Black Lives Matter movement yeah. and all that like we quit to jump on any situation that we see about you whenever, know if it's, if it's it into race. race we want people we want people to stay in the box when it comes to race but when it comes to yeah. when it comes to genders and when it comes to um, when it when it comes to your sexuality preference, like people be like, oh, you don't don't judge people off that. You you can't you you can't really yeah. talk about that. Just let people do what they want to do. Let people be what they want to be. Okay, let me be black. Yeah. Okay. Hey, Tasha, I feel you. Fuck them boxes. Oh God, <laughs> for real. So, and it's not, and it's not just, it's not just a black thing. It's all over, and I think, I think it comes down to, um, I think it comes down. We have systemic racism, and then we have systemic oppression. I think that's what it comes down to, is because notice the only ones that have an issue, and that want you to check these boxes. Is the ones that is the same ones that in the early times was the ones that was trying to make everybody slaves that was going and taking over everybody land. Those are the only ones that have problems with it. Nobody you don't see you don't see you do not see an Asian person, a a um Philippine a Philippine person or whatever. You don't see any of them having an issue with um with somebody else checking that Oh, they're black. Okay, they 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 say that they're black. Okay. Oh, they say that they're Asian. Okay. But the only yeah. ones that don't have an issue with it is the Caucasian. Why is that? Exactly. Uh, like I say, I just feel like it's because how people are, how people were raised back then. I mean, you think about that stuff and the and the how their families were taught them from from spawn on. Like, hey, like. You need to find a Caucasian man. You're a Caucasian woman. You marry a Caucasian man. A Caucasian man. You have a Caucasian family. Mm. And sometimes I mean, like, look here. You think about how we are. Like, my, my mom grew up. Was like, hey, listen, like, there's a lot of black queens out here. Like, low key, like, oh, there's a lot. Hey, there's a lot of black moms that say that. Put a pin in that. Put a pin in that. We are gonna come back to it. Keep that thought. Keep that thought. Keep that thought. The Great Sphinx asks, "What's the question?" All right. Hey, we got another long. Well, kind of a long one, but it's a good one. Uh, the question was, why is it that gender and sexuality can be on such a wide spectrum, but we demand people to check a box when it comes to race? Is that not is that not just as diverse? All right, back to what you were saying. Let's pull that pen out. Let's go ahead and talk about it. So you want to think about like, there's plenty of moms that say it. It's like, oh, there's so many black, you know, black uh, women out there don't bring home no white woman. <laughs> so you like, you know, that's how it is, bro. Like, so it's like, okay, so now. People on the search for that, so now you know, like even if you bring, like it takes a while. You bring, you come to a cookout. You you walk in a cookout with your whole family. You bring, you bring in a white girl. Your whole family gonna look at you. Like, Ooh, boy, what But it's just all about. But the one thing about that is like when you get with our family, our family, like you know, blacks are the one people that can accept that. Depending mm-hmm. like how your family is. Mm-hmm. Like you come there, like my family is one of the most like heartwarming people that they are. They they'll welcome anybody to the family mm-hmm. as long as they know your true character. Now, if you somebody who, like, you know, make it breathe, like, I don't know about this. Like, hey, listen, like, you know, we don't know. Like, we still test you out. But they're not the type of people that come off rip and judge. Yeah. Like, that's what a lot of 
problems is is that a lot of people like to judge, judge off rip. Like, oh, she dating a black man with dreads. He a gangbanger. He a thug. He this. He that. And that's the picture that they paint with him. Like, you know, oh, he's not white, but he's not this, he's not that. Like, oh, you married a white woman. You know, their family ain't going to like you. You know, they don't, they don't, you don't want to go go over there. Mm. Now, they, now everybody thinking about get out, because get out, they help with that either, boy, God, huh? But, I mean, that's just how it is, bro. Like, people just, it's, ah, uh, mm. that's, uh, that's, that's mm. it. That's tough. It's a, it's a tough question, bro. Like, um... I don't mind if people see themselves as another gender. I don't mind if, I mean, it, there there are people out here saying that there's nine, twenty three, like all these ty- different types of genders. I'm like, okay, if that's what you believe. Then that's what you believe. Like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna tell you what to believe. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna impose what I believe on you. But then when it comes to race we want to say that one is inferior than the other. Like, no, it's supposed to be in the same, the same way, the same way with sexual preference. If you, if you're monogamous, polygamous, or, um, you want to date a tree, I don't care. That's what you want to do. You do that. You do you like, but as soon as it come to race, as soon as it comes to, Oh, I identify as black. Oh no, you're not black. You're such and such. Like, how are you going to tell me what I am? Like, that's what that's what doesn't make sense. And so um, let's talk about, because this scenario just popped in my head. Let's talk about the Caucasian people that identify as something else. And yet a lot of us black people would say, no, you white. Is that not the same thing as what, as them doing it to us? Is that not the same thing? Because we can't just say um, we can't look at it from one spectrum. We have to look at it from all spectrums. Yeah. So I guess I mean it just comes back to that judgmental thing. Like, well, you think of like, like you said, you think of everything that we've been through. Because you want to think about it as, as like how a Caucasian might see things, how Black people might see things. Like, we gonna take things to how things been from from the jump. Like yeah. how 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 our ancestors went through it how it was back in the 50s and, and, and all of that. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay. And what we paint our pictures of, like you said, when we go back to rap, rap music and all that, like, when we paint the picture of us having dreads, us, us always having goals, us, you know, in the streets doing this, doing that, that's, like I said, that's what white people see. So mm-hmm. if they see that, they like, oh, listen, like, hey, he's, I don't know, he's a game bigger, he's this, he's that. Before even really, before even really being introduced to that real person's character. Yeah. So now, like they stuck with that, they stuck with that motive, they stuck with that that mind of like, oh, you know, this is this is that, this is. I mean, like, end of it is in that, like you know, like it's yeah. just like because you like you want to jump on one side, but it's like, hey, I gotta think of it as like the you know from their point of view too. And, I mean. this is, and this is how this is how STS ends up yeah. going so long is because now it's going down yeah. a rabbit hole. Because it's so many yep, different, yep. It's so many different things that are affected by this one question, and it's like, yep. it's crazy. But um, Tatiana said, uh, "I don't mind either, but if you're trying to fuck with me, let me know." <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, she said, "Some white people raised in the, some white people are raised in the hood. It's a way of life." Yeah, I'm, I'm, I really believe that. I mean. 
I still, even if you were born, even if you're a white person born in the hood, I don't think you can, I don't, I feel you don't, you shouldn't say the word nigga, but hey, you could be from the, like, I still call you hood, but. You feel me? Because I, I, I got a lot, I got some white friends too, and they like. What's going on, Pretty Red? It's been times where, like, that almost slipped out. I'm, and I look at it, like, hold on now. Like, listen, I, I know we've been boys. I know we've been cool and everything. But well, this is something that, that you can't out. do. Exactly, exactly. And that's how, that's what hurts. Because it's like, if you say that all the time around them, then what do you expect? Like, exactly, and they always exactly. around you. And then, from it, and so. then this is where that argument comes in as to if we should say the word or not in the first place. So, yeah, yeah that's gonna go. That's gonna go into a whole other subject. We're gonna be here for oh, another two hours. It can go everywhere, bro. Like that could take us. Like I said, take us all night, boy. That's that's a lot. But but nah, that question there. Um, I I actually want to kind of break it down is why is it why is gender and sexuality so uh is why is it such on a wide spectrum what is your thoughts on why those two things are set on on such a wide spectrum That's because I feel like it's because that through everything we pushed it like, like everybody was pushing for it to all oh, everybody should love who they want to love everybody should be who they want to be so now when it finally came out like we pushed it more to like accept commercials now like you'll be have commercials with, like two dudes in it two females in it like mm-hmm. and, it, and it's like it's because like everybody's pushing for it to be normal like everybody's put like trying to like this is how it is this is how it's gonna be and not everybody's gonna accept that you feel me but mm-hmm. I just feel like it's because one nobody's gonna step on them people's toes either because Soon as you do, all hell gonna break loose, and now you got a whole another situation to jump on. Cause once you jump onto that, uh, that situation, man, a whole it's it's just gonna create a whole colossal problem, and the internet is gonna blow up. Yeah, but so, but you know what? I think, but but something to that is um, if I if if y'all know what it is, correct me. I think it's Generation Alpha. That's now that generation. Um, they if they they don't realize the power that they have, they came into this game of you be this, you be this, you be this, and there's no question about it. And then Generation Alpha comes in to say, "No, I'm going to be this. You're not going to tell me what I believe and and what I should be." And and now look at the influence that they've had. Look at how much. Look at how look at how wide the gender gender spectrum is. Look how wide sexuality is, and how it's okay, um, and how it's accepted now. So, you realize how powerful that is. Like to just come in and change up the whole game after man. But um, when it comes to when it when it comes to that, I think that's why it's on a wide spectrum is because of that that generation that came in and said, you know what, we're gonna be what we want to be we're not going to be what somebody else wants us to be or or tells us to be so mm, i i got to commend them on that cuz it takes it takes some yeah. it takes some influence to do that uh yeah. and you being that you being that so while they young and it's like okay like i can say like you might be my do it before the generation before and it's like okay like We'll see how this go, and then the next year, it's all right. Now we gotta hammer this in to let them know, like this is how it is coming up. Yeah. And once you get that, I mean, it's a, it's 
I mean, it's like, okay, like, I can understand that. I mean, that's that's acceptable, like, letting letting kids be who they want to be and, and or people being who they want to be. I mean, that's, that's yeah, that's yeah. all. Oh, so so this is gonna this is going off into a tangent. So this has nothing to do with what we was talking about. Uh, well, kind of, but um, how young is too young for for a child to identify? However, that they identify. Ah, uh, I think I got him on this one. That's tough. But right, so, like I said, I haven't seen instances where there's been younger kids. Of like every like there's I mean kids go through that thing of like wondering like what are they where do they fit in and things like that. Mm-hmm. I feel like you need to allow that kid to figure that out instead of hammering it. Don't give a kid oh I don't know what I am oh well you know try these heels try it no like let you know let them feel comfortable in they and and what they you know what they feel like in in their environment what they're surrounded. Mm-hmm. What also happened like you know when I was coming up a lot of things that determine the how people were, you know, how they later on became was, you know, things that they went through in their childhood mm-hmm. and things that traumatized them for, you know, from being who they want to really be. Mm-hmm. So it kind of like put them in a hard spot because they was already going through things. Then it was like, you know, I'm, I'm not comfortable that way because of what I've been through. So this is how I want to be. Mm-hmm. I feel like now, like, you can, like, now that we have, we have the ability to allow people to be comfortable and be like, hey, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna hammer this into you. I'm not gonna push this onto you. I want you to be happy, and whatever, you know, however you feel happy, be happy. I feel like just let that, just guide them, just let them, let them be happy, let them do what they want to do. Just don't enforce it. Like, don't yeah. try to hammer and be like, hey, like, take these. Like I said, take these hills. Don't, you know, <laughs> take these. Like, you feel me? Like, hey. just. Hey, Tati, like, uh, yeah, she like, oh, uh, hey, what, what? I don't know, Tati, like, you, you help me out there, cause I mean, that's. I don't know. That's all, bro. Listen, my biggest thing that the only thing that I will ever push on somebody is to do what makes you happy. Because at the end of the day, you are the only one that got to live with yourself. You are the only one that got to look yourself in the mirror. You're the only one that got that you got to wake yourself up to. And if you don't like yourself, then you then you doing something wrong. But, yeah. but first and foremost, I'm gonna show my boys how to be men. Hey, look, no, show them how to be no. men. Uh, Eat like yeah. when it when it comes like my my thoughts when it comes to this. Even if there there are certain things that should be a staple as a man. I don't care if yeah. you, I don't care if you're bi. I don't care if you're gay. I don't care if you're straight. I don't care what you decide to do. There are staples to being a man. And I'm gonna teach those to my children. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna teach you the chauvinistic shit that that has caused so much trauma nowadays. But no, I'm gonna show you what it is to be a man, what it is to be a good person. And so at the end of the day, that's how that's how I'm gonna teach my children when when it's time for me to have my kids. But um but yeah, when it that's mm. Things teaching them how to first, like a person first before anything. Yes. Like and then that will that will guide it through everything else. Like that's it. Yeah. So that's why I was saying like the biggest thing, the only thing that I would ever push onto somebody is to be happy. Do what makes you happy, because the moment that you start living for somebody else, 
You no longer have a life. The moment you start living your life for somebody else, you will never, ever find happiness. You will spend your life searching, doing all these different things that make other other people happy, and then you'll wonder why you're depressed. You'll wonder why you think the way you think. So, um, and I can attest to that because for 23 years, I allowed someone to run my life and do things because because it made them happy it's what they wanted me to do and i did it for so long that i i began to think that it was making me happy too and that's that's dangerous that's dangerous the point when you do something for some for so for somebody else for so long that you think you're doing it for yourself that's how you know you're manipulated that's how you know that you are you're that you are you don't you don't have control over yourself so yeah, so that's the only thing I'll ever push on somebody. Do what makes you happy. Is this what you want to do? I don't care. I don't care if my kids come and say, "Hey, look, Daddy, this is what I, this is what I did. Um, did." Are you proud of this? Are you proud of it? That'd be my first question. Yeah. Do you like? Do you like it? Uh, and if my kids say, "Ah, I think I I could have done better," all right, go 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 do it again. Go do it until you like it. Or they come and say, "Yeah, I really like this. I did this for you." All right, okay, cool. I'm gonna take it. Because I want you to do what makes you happy. And so what that's going to teach my child as they get older is to not give a fuck about what anybody got to say. Because I'm doing for me what makes me happy because I'm the one that has to live with myself at the end of the day. So that's the biggest thing that I'll ever teach. But when it comes to when it comes to riding back to the question, um, why do we demand people to check a box when it comes to race? I think it's I think it's systemic oppression, um, yeah. is the reason why we do that. Um, but do you have any other uh, remarks on that? That's that's a tough situation to be around. I mean, that's that's that it hits a lot of nerves and it can carry into a lot of other things. But like, like when we basically, I feel like we basically hit like the main things that like. What the, what the question could carry off to because like I said it can break off into a lot of things that we can break it out into but I mean like I said like one it's a step like like when we talk about you know hitting the uh, talking about you know the, the, just talking about LGBT and all that type of things and being gay and things like that it's just like we had to people had to be okay with just, it just being accepted I don't I don't want it to be pushed onto me like don't yeah. push it onto me oh like I have to accept it because there's people out there that's not going to accept it I don't have to agree, that, I don't have to agree with your with your choices but I I'm going to respect yeah. you as a person and that's what that's what the dis, that's the disconnect right there and that's the biggest thing because even carrying to race like people. People already don't like the problem is people don't like if you you have to respect that person as a person first before you look into the skin their skin the skin of their color before you look into their beliefs before you look into the person that they are and and their what they stand for and the how who they like and things like that if you don't like if you look at you don't look into the person like as oh like this is a genuine good person like this is somebody who you know actually like means well and, and mm-hmm. really helping people. And you still looking at them like, oh, like I don't care, like he's gay. Oh, I don't care, he's black. Then you are already, you as yourself are not right as a person. Like you and yourself have demons that you fight up for yourself. So I mean, and that's the biggest thing. If you're so close-minded to thinking, oh, he's black, always oh, white, always oh, Mexican, always oh, gay, oh, she's gay, then you stuck. Then you messed up. 
then you you're part you're the you're the problem. You're the problem. You're the problem. So you're the big problem. Um. So those were the questions that we got in. Um. Uh, really quick, I do want to tell people. Listen, this this project here, this this podcast, this is for y'all. This ain't got nothing to do with me. Um, cause really, this is way out of my element. I don't like being on camera. I don't like talking this much. But, but what what defeats that? What defeats those thoughts is that I I really want people to live in their truth. I really want people to start seeing things from other perspectives and not just see it from their own because there's many different ways to see things. There's many different ways to understand things. And I always I always call it the six nine clause. It's called um, I can be standing in one spot and you're standing on the opposite. There could be a six on the floor. I see a six. You see a nine. That's not to say that I'm right and you're wrong. That's just saying we have different perspectives and what we need to do in order to start understanding uh, understanding each each other as human beings is that we need to s- step out of our um, perspective and stand into somebody else's shoes. If I put myself in your shoes, now I can see the nine that you see. I may still feel it's a six, but I can at least understand where you're coming from. And so that's what I that's what I really want to teach is because there are too many people out here that are so close minded. They they don't want to see things from another point of view. Um, and that's why we that's why we're so lost as a people. So um, that's what this platform is for. I want people to feel that they are accepted for who they who they are, that I'm not telling you who to be. I'm not telling you what to believe. You come on, you say what you believe, hear other perspectives, and then you can formulate yourself from that. That's what this is for. I want people to come on and feel comfortable in being who you are. 100% of the time and know that you are accepted for who you decide to be, what you decide, what you decide to believe. As long as it ain't detrimental to somebody else, then then I'm cool with it. So um, th- that's what this is for. And that's why I really want people to push this out, because I can only reach so many people. But to the ones that's watching, to the ones that's dropping them hearts, if you send this out, to if you send this live out to everybody or if you send my page out to the people and say listen y'all need to y'all need to tune into this and like this is for those people who are broken these are, this is for them people who don't know where they want to go don't know what they want to do this is a place for them where they can get understanding on a lot of different subjects and all of these questions that you see here they're all asked anonymously the only person that knows who is asking them is me so all of these questions are anonymous, so if you ever have a question or a topic that you want to put out and want to remain anonymous, not comfortable with putting your name out there, drop them, drop them in my DM, and then I write them down and we hit to and we get to them. And so, as you can see, these topics and stuff they can go they can go deep. So, hey, they can go real deep. They can go real deep, man, for real. So that's the biggest thing that I want to push is that this this is all about. Um, learning your individuality and expressing your individuality and knowing that you are accepted for who you are, what you do, whatever you decide to be. So um, one more time, King, go ahead, let the people know who you are before we sign off. Let them know what you do, where to find you, anything like that. So, Got you, got you. Hey, my name is Brian Hudson. Uh, like I said, uh, born and raised in Sarasota, Florida. Went to Booker High School, played Booker High School uh, basketball, went to Hillsborough Community College, played basketball there. 
just graduated and played basketball at Missouri Western State University. Uh, I got my bachelor's degree in exercise science. So uh, I just signed my first uh, pro deal to play basketball in Qatar. So I'll be leaving for that November 1st to play up there. And I'm just down here grinding, man. Like, I'm out here talking to kids. That's why I appreciate, you know, this channel and everything, man, because it's like a lot of people need to understand and be able to have, like, be able to do this and feel, feeling comfortable and being able to speak their mind because a lot of people are shadowed from that and things like that. But, I mean, it's just, that's why, like, I, I really appreciate you having me on and things like that. But I'll say, yeah, if y'all ain't following me, like, follow me, uh, BHUD underscore 20. Hey. And uh, I'd love for y'all to follow my journey and everything that's going on. BHUD underscore 20 for Snap. BHUD underscore 20 for IG. I'm on Facebook, but I ain't really on Facebook. My Facebook, Brian Hudson. So <laughs> if you want to follow me there, like for real, yeah, I told you toxic, but <laughs> so you want to follow me there, man. But yeah, like I, like I, I appreciate, it, man. I'm, I'm so blessed to be on here, bro. Like, I'm, and this, this has been great, bro. For real, I appreciate you, man. Listen, man. Your voice, your voice is important. Your voice matters, man. So that's what this is about: is to teach everybody that you have a voice and that what you have to say has some weight. It has value. So. I appreciate you being willing to come on to the come on the hill. Uh, you said you're going to play in Qatar. Who you playing for? Uh, so it's based on the Qatar national team. It's uh, Al Gafar. It's the name of the team. It's a basketball club over there. So basically, I'll be a dog in Qatar. Okay. You trying? You trying to make it to the league? Yeah, bro. So I mean, that's the whole thing about going overseas. Like you know, just trying to get my foot wet, my feet wet first, and then you no, know, who knows? Like I could make a killing over there, and stay over there. I could be able to go to the NBA. I'll be able to, you know, enter my name in the draft or go into the G League. So, okay. I mean, that's I'm, it's just exciting being able to do that, bro. So, but yeah. All right. So, always aim high. So, before we go, we're going to hear rapid fire. You ready? Okay. We're going to hear rapid fire. Okay. Best player in the league right now. That's always oh, a what? Best player in the league right now. <laughs> Who? Kawhi Leonard. All right. Uh, best team in the league right now? Uh, L.A. Clippers. Woo, really? They got a real, like, I really lean on to them because, bro, they got killing offense, but they defense, like, they going to be a defensive team no matter what. Like, they got they got some defensive stoppers. You got Kawhi Leonard. You got Paul George. Like, you got so many people on the team that's like, that that can come down there and give you buckets, but at the same time, like when you coming down at them, mm. they like it. And now, like you got okay. you got more problems trying to stop them on defense, and now you got to try to come up them on offense, and they giving you more like a harder hard, man. Look, okay, like, I don't know, boy. All right, I'm so to see how that's gonna be. So that that this wasn't one of the questions, but what win what wins basketball games, offense or defense? <laughs> Defense because your defense, it, I your coaches teach you that like really like it's defense because your defense turns into offense like because like I'm I'm a player like I love going off a fast break so mm -hmm. if I get that defense if I get that defense to stop I'm getting that I'm trying to, I'm going down the court like ready to try and see what's going on like mm -hmm. you can make the whole, whole game on fast breaks and things so uh, of course like cause you come down and scoring and they coming down. And and they can't even on, 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 Ooh, on offense. And it's your defense is like, you all night. Mm. Hold on, let's get it. I said defense too. Let's get it. All right. Uh, last two, last two. It was, um, so we talked about who was the 
who's the best, who is the most influential player in the league right now? Ooh, wait, wait, hold on. Before you answer that, got to wait for your connection to come back. Got to finish this out. Oh, wait, wait. Yeah, we got to finish these last two questions. Hold on. All right. Uh, most influential player in the league right now. Ooh, that's tough. Um, 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 um. Three, two, one. Uh, I say Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant. I like. <laughs> All right. Yeah. He he up there. He up there. I I mean I like him because of the like because of where where he came from. Not just because of like uh, uh because of, like the situation him jumping teams. Cause I ain't like him for a little bit when he jumped from <laughs> OKC because I was my squad, bro. For real, I promise you, I had a grudge against him. But, like, I respect, like, everything that he did for his mom. I respect what he did for, like, you know, his his friends that passed away and everything that this girl said. Curry! This what? man is not the most influential. He the best He the best shooter in the league. He the best shooter in the league, but he not the best. He not the most influential. Oh, man. I mean, you got to think about it now, too. Like, he, he's been going through a lot of injuries, too. So, I mean, it's just I want to see how he comes back from that and, yeah, I, I, I like it. I like his story. Like that's that's the biggest thing that I like. I like I like this story. That's why I followed him. All right. So last question before we head out. If you had the choice, if you had the choice, you done made it to the league. Somebody picking you up. You done made it to the league. Who is the team that you want to play for the most, and who is the team you want to play for the least? I, I want to play for OKC for sure the most. And the least, I would probably be... Uh, that's tough. Um, That's tough. That's tough. That's tough. I'd say like the Phoenix... I don't know. The Phoenix Suns. Like I ain't never really been like a Phoenix Suns type of person. I don't know. They like they, they in a rebuilding stage too. Okay. OKC, it's just like I like everything. And they, like, they just always been like they fan base dominant like have the energy like they feed off of their fans and mm-hmm. things like that like I like I love that type of energy but, I mean, and, I, and it's like how uh, uh, Golden State is too but I ain't I, I don't really Golden State is a bandwagon for me Golden State is a bandwagon for me yeah you feel me like so mm. well if you're an OKC, you OKC fan you would die hard like, true I'm the way I'm the same way about Chicago Chicago is die hard well, I'm well. well okay. I'm I'm from Chicago, so you already know. Like I'm biased on that. So, but but okay. that has this has been. Ooh, hold on. Got five percent left on my phone. Ooh, let me get this charger. All right, y'all. Look, this has been another episode of the STS Shoot the Shit podcast. I appreciate every single person that came on here. Thank you, King, for hopping on. Hopefully, we'll have you back pretty soon. Uh, wish you, wish you, wish you the best, the best as you go overseas, man. Hope everything work out for you, bro. Man, I appreciate that for real, man. I love being on there. Yeah, I love to be back on for sure. All right. Hey, look, to y'all that's watching right now, if y'all know anybody that y'all want to see on this live, it don't matter if they famous, it don't matter if nobody know them from Adam, if you have anybody that you want to see on this live, Drop them in the comments or drop them in my DM so I can hit them up. Y'all hit them up. Tell them to tell them about the STS podcast that they need to follow Project Recover and get on this thing. All right. I will see y'all later. Peace,
I will see y'all later. Y'all have a good night. Thank you, King, one more time. You enjoy your night, man. Appreciate y'all. Appreciate you, man. You too, bro. All right. Yeah. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for tuning into the Shoot the Shit podcast. I couldn't do this without you. It will mean everything, and I mean everything, if you will follow me on social media and tell your friends and family about the realest podcast around. Have a great day.